0: afternoon, good evening, my name is Marty Plub, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 148 and we are thrilled to have one of the best young coaches in America, Dylan Cycle from the State University of New York at canton dylan i'm so thankful that you folks up in the great state of new york just say suny instead of the state university of new york that would be a tongue twister every time you'd have to throw that out there could you imagine doing that when you're making cold calls on recruiting and that type of thing coach
1: yeah i uh i've i've had to say it a couple times uh usually when kids kind of say uh what's uh what's SUNY or what's this or what's that. And I kind of, got a, yeah, it's a state university in New York. So it's, uh, an interesting, uh, an interesting setup, a yeah. lot of, a lot of state schools and small areas mm-hmm. and, uh, a lot of athletic departments.
0: Yep. Well, uh, before we get to, to coach cycle and his, his, uh, recruiting pitch here and we'll just we'll just call it SUNY just to save him a little breath here this morning uh we of course want to thank our founding sponsor Cossack Chiropractic located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha Nebraska coaches if you or yourself and or an athlete of yours are are struggling with balanced neck or spinal issues have them go see Cossack Chiropractic check out their practice at CossackChiro.com follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin we try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle so check us out there Uh, if you're listening, you know thanks for subscribing and thanks for listening. Uh, download, rate, review, uh, subscribe. Give us five stars. Give us a great review. Again, if you're a weekly listener and you're not a subscriber, if you're just clicking on the Twitter handle every time uh, an episode pops up, please subscribe. It just helps out with the stuff that I'm trying to do here. So be sure to do that. Uh, any questions, comments, suggestions, ideas, Email me, a pen and a at gmail.com. Check out a pen and a It's a good coaching website, and I know that because I built it myself. And if you'd be so willing, go to patreon.com backslash a pen and a napkin. Coach Cycle, how are we doing this fine Saturday morning?
1: Good, good. Just getting uh, ready for practice.
0: Yes, very good, very good. Um, so, hey, speaking of practice, it's been a... Uh, it's been kind of a crazy whirlwind uh last few weeks and months for you here uh but let's let's uh let's just go back at the way back machine let's talk about your basketball journey uh how did you end up at at sunY and canton new york here tell us tell us how you got involved with the game and and your professional journey uh before this latest stop
1: um so yeah i mean it started a a real real long time ago um you know my dad was Played college basketball, coached high school basketball, so I kind of grew up in a gym, um, and that was where I kind of learned a lot of life lessons, and and my roots kind of came from the game of basketball. So um, for me, it, it started really, really young, and I started playing when I was super young. I think uh, I think my dad jokes, but I think it's a real thing. I think my first word was ball,
0: because
1: um, <laughs> you know that was that was just all I knew. Um, and so it kind of started really young for me. I played, uh, all the way through college. Um, and then I was, you know, in high school, I was coaching an eighth grade basketball team at my local school. Um, and then I was starting a U program and help with a U programs when I was in high school. And then when I got to college, I was coaching high school. Um, and then kind of, it, just, it just kind of blew up from there. I, once I got done with college, I kind of knew that this was what I wanted to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, this is what I was good at. My, uh, my, my, I think my mom wanted me to be a doctor, but you know, I don't think I was smart enough for that. So I decided to, uh, go into coaching. I I landed a a volunteer assistant gig at Case Western Reserve in Cleveland. Um, and I was there for about three months. Um, maybe even less than that. And I got a call um, from a buddy of mine up in the New York area. And he was like, hey, you know, St. John Fisher's looking for an assistant. Um, and kind of gave me some info about, about Fisher and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. applied. I, I ended up, you know, getting the, getting the job and moving up to Rochester, New York right away and starting my college coaching career and, and journey really i'm at a great place and and for a guy who i have you know more respect for than than pretty much anybody um in Sedonia, and i uh landed there was there for was there for five years and four seasons and uh and then uh you know just came up here and took the job about about a month and a half ago Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: it's been uh it's been a whirlwind for sure but you know moving uh moving quickly through the the college world sometimes is just how it how it works um you know and and i'm not a, a guy who loves to jump around so leaving st john fisher was super hard for me uh-huh. um because i developed such a great relationship with coach g and um and yeah so landing here was was a, a blessing though because um, i think we have a, an opportunity to be really successful and i'm i'm excited for the future of of our program here at canton
0: mhm uh, you know, you've you've just recently, like I, say, I, I, it was late August, early September. You got hired, coach. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah late Late August, like maybe first week in September was when I moved up
0: here. Yeah. So, uh, so it was late a late hire, late interview process. So, so the whole thing is 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 pretty fresh. Uh, what are some things that that as you went through your interview process? Uh, what did you learn about interviewing? And and obviously we're you know, just getting started with this season, so we're three, four, five months away from the next cycle of, of coaching interviews and things like that. But for folks that are perhaps thinking about after this season, that, uh, you know, I might be looking for something here and, and how to prepare for interviews uh, when it comes to a, to a coaching position, whether it's high school, college, whatever it may be, what are, what are some pieces of advice that you have being fresh off of the process here just a couple of months ago?
1: Um, Yeah. my, My biggest piece of advice is just be yourself um, I think I was myself in the in the interview process and, and in any interview process that I've had. And I sold everything that was good about about, you know, what I was what I was looking for and were you know, the direction I had our program going. So for me, it was a lot of, um, you know, just selling myself, being myself, talking about all the stuff that I value um, you know, and, and not trying to, um, be anything that I'm not, you know, um, I'm very, you know, open and honest in the interview process. And, and I, I said, you know, Hey, here's what I see as my strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, don't be afraid. I, I think to, to, to sell your strengths and to sell, um, you know, everything about you. Cause, um, as the guy that I work for at Fisher coach G, um, he, he always told me, you know, each, each place and each you know, job that you're going to interview for is looking for something a little bit different, mm-hmm. and you never know what what mold you're going to fit or or, or who sees you being um, you know the right candidate. So, um, I was glad that in the process, um, I was myself and I sold everything and, and all the positives that I saw about Canton basketball and uh, and you know um, you know, Randy Semensky here at at Canton. Uh, must have liked it, and, <laughs> and I developed a pretty good, uh, pretty good relationship with my uh, with my athletic director here pretty quick.
0: When uh, when you were going through that, uh, did you did you feel comfortable right away? Uh, how did this job interview uh, compare with maybe any other job interviews that you've been on the last couple of years? Uh, and any adjustments that you make from interview to interview? Uh, you know, what advice would you have when it comes to that?
1: Yeah. I... Um, I, I really hadn't had many interviews, to be honest with you. I had interviewed for one other head coaching job um, just because I was trying to be pretty particular about what I was expecting and where I was going. Um, so in, in this interview process, I felt super comfortable um, this whole time. You know, as soon as I stepped on campus, it was, it was comfortable to me. Um, you know, and in the back of my head, I think I always – I was always thinking like, yeah, this is, this, this is a, a great place for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, that was the reason why it was so easy for me to, to apply originally and say like, yeah, that's a, that's a spot that I want to be. Um, because you know, it, it, it felt like, you know, it felt like something that I could see myself, um, you know, somewhere I could see myself and mm-hmm. somewhere where I could see myself taking over the program. So mm-hmm. I didn't have many interviews before this, but I felt, you know, super comfortable in this one. Um, you know and it really for me i think the interview process i don't think it ever changed like what i sold didn't really change or, or what i was speaking about didn't really change uh-huh. i just think you know it was it was important to to sell what what you do well um you know i, I sold trying you know a little, at least in this interview process i sold a lot of recruiting mm-hmm. uh x's, x's and o's and winning games and that was what they mm-hmm. what they valued most
0: mm mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've been an assistant at the collegiate level for for four years. Like you said, you did some AAU stuff. Uh, was it the the Akron Bobcats? Is is according to my amateur research here? Was was that the program you were associated with, Coach?
1: Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. The yep. Akron Bobcats.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, what about you know those stops or anything else that you've done? Uh, what make, uh, what do you believe that, uh, with your experiences as an assistant coach or as a head coach of like an AAU program, and now it's, you know, it's, it's official. You are now like the man, so to speak. Uh, what make, what are some things that you've gone through that made you feel like now's the time? Now I'm ready to do this. Uh, what tricks do you have in the tool bag here to, to make you feel like that you're ready to take on this type of gig?
1: Yeah, I thought I thought I had the uh, the level of energy that was needed. Um, I, I think the the trend is going younger um, within a lot of coaching hires right now, and I thought I had the energy, um, you know, that that was needed. And, and basically, you know, my my tricks in the tool bag, or you know, my my three non negotiables that I always tell with our team are energy, accountability, and toughness. And I thought, you know, at this moment. And with my experiences, that I had the energy, um, you know, I, I, you know, was going to preach accountability and then hold the guys accountable, um, you know, and coach a tough team. So, um, for me, like, I, those are my three non-negotiables, kind mm-hmm. of as a as a coach right now. And you know, one of the tricks in the tool bag for for practices right now to to you know boil everything down to kind of those three concepts, but i thought for me like i had that energy that passion that drive right now to really really dig in and and help uh these guys be as successful as possible and that's kind of what i told them when i when i took the job my first meeting with the team i was like listen i don't care who recruited you here um you know there's so many other things that that people say when guys take jobs oh those guys those guys weren't his guys This Mm -hmm. and that like i chose to be here um you know and i chose to come here and and you guys are my guys. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that that helped them learn, like, no, I'm here for them. I, I work super hard, um, because of them. I don't work super hard so I can, um, you know, so I can win a bunch of games or, or get on a podcast or, or, or so many other reasons. I work super hard so I can put them in positions to be successful and them in positions to win games because at the end of the day that I'm, I'm never going to score a point in a game. I'm not going to take a charge. I'm not going to do anything this season mm-hmm. um, other than just put them in positions to be successful for us to win games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, So for me it was all about them knowing like you're my guys. I, I came here. Um, you know, and I—I I thought I had that energy and that passion and that accountability um, that that I needed to be a head coach right now.
0: Mm-hmm. As you, uh, you know, uh, you know, as you look at your own toolbox here, uh, and as you continue to grow, what are uh, what are a couple of of things that you would like to, or you look at yourself as as a younger coach and say. Yeah, you know what? I feel good about where I'm at and my growth, but here's some things I still feel like I, I need to continue to work on and get better at, and here's some things that I want to develop as I go through this experience these next few months with my with my first team here at SUNY Canton.
1: Yeah, I, I think I uh, there's there's a lot of stuff I need to develop. I am I am now nowhere close to, to perfect. I'm actually probably way 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 too far away from it. But uh, right now, I think you know it's just. It's just helping the guys be as successful as possible. And I found myself a lot trying to think of ways to help our guys be successful and different coaching tools um that will help them be successful so i think i you know for me i'm i'm trying to expand my coaching to not only just hey let's you know let's get on guys a lot today or let's stop it whenever we make a mistake i think you know i'm trying right now especially to let our guys fail a little bit in practice Mm -hmm. and to let them see their own mistakes a little bit and help them through that without having to stop practice every time or without having to say hey if we miss a layup you know we're, we're running like i don't want to do that as much so i think for for right now i'm really really trying to put our guys in positions to be successful but also let them fail a little bit let them see things um you know in a different way and have a better flow um you know right now to to practice so that's kind of my biggest thing is is I'm, I'm trying to um mold myself to to coaching um mm-hmm. you know kids who, who you know I didn't I obviously didn't know three months ago so <laughs> it's you know I I want to to mold myself to them more so to then you know mold them to me mm-hmm. um you know and and I think that's that's how I kind of roll as a, as a coach as well like I schedule practices around our guys' class schedules I never tell our guys hey you you better not take a class from 12 to 2 because that's more practice and like you just I, I just don't do that because at the end of the day, they're the ones going to class. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to class. I get to sit in an office all day and do what I love. So I I do it kind of everything about our program around our guys, and that's kind of how I'm how I'm trying to run practice and get a flow and and mold everything kind of around them.
0: Mm-hmm. Coaches, you know just as well as I do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs. But sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for. Over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs, and now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The A Pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available for you, to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com for details. So, you got hired, like as we've talked, you know, you got hired late. Uh, I mean, any first head coaching, I remember when I got my first real long-term head coaching position, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, Christian. and I was, I was going from the assistant to the head coach, so I had institutional knowledge of how things functioned, and I was still, my head was swimming for a while, and and here you are. You're 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 moving. You're you're coming into a place. And oh, by the way, coach, in in just a few weeks, you're going to be starting practice. Like you said, I, I think you so, uh, put it really well there, Dylan. I didn't know I was going to coach these guys ninety days ago, and here I am coaching them right now. So so as you've gone through this process, what uh, what have been your priorities? I mean, you you're you're only able to do so much as it is, but especially in such a, a tight window of where you're at, I, I think it's interesting to know what you've kind of tried to prioritize and what truly is important because I think sometimes when you're at a place a while and you you think well we can do this and this and this and this and this and you think that they're all important but in a situation like yours you you've got a very short amount of time to get certain priorities taken care of before you before you go to your first practice so so what are some things that as you came in you moved in you're, you're getting settled what are you trying to do with your team
1: um, yeah, I mean the the first before practices start here, I like um, you know before at least we you know got started this week, but before they they started, like I moved up here and my priorities, a lot of them were not basketball related. It was getting on campus, um, you know, being a, a face that everybody could see, um, talking with people around campus, developing relationships within the community um, that I can you know that I can go back and and. You know, help with and and everything like that so i kind of just prioritized all the little things that i kind of took for granted um you know when i was somewhere comfortable mm-hmm. so you know coming in like my my first priority was when i got the call was to get up here as soon as possible not waste any time so i got the call and in one day i was in kin the wow. next day i was in the office mm-hmm. so and my priorities were to get here as fast as possible to get our strength and conditioning stuff started as fast as possible mm-hmm. and to let these guys know that you know it's 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 hitting the ground running we're hitting the ground running because that's what we have to do as a division three team on on october 15th which was a week ago today yeah. but you have to hit the ground running wherever you go so i prioritized all that stuff and developing my relationships with the guys and and learning about them and and figuring out what was going to be successful, um, for our program. And obviously also starting the recruiting aspect of it and getting the kids that, um, that I had kind of already known about, or, 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 you know, had our kind of already been recruiting a little bit, maybe to Fisher and, and kind of, Trying to trying to bring them here, or or trying to start that recruiting list as 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 quickly as possible, um, you know. Because at the end of the day, every every coach in America is really good when you have really good players. Yeah,
0: yeah, so, absolutely, I, it's, absolutely. It's, uh,
1: it's it's no trade secret, but I always laugh because it's like, yeah, really, really good coaches have really good players. I, so I, hopefully, absolutely. like, I can, you know, hopefully, I can put our guys in position to be successful and, and they're really good and make me make me look even better, I guess. But yeah, that was kind of all of my priorities was, was just getting up here as fast as possible and starting everything as fast as possible and getting all the intricacies down that I had just kind of taken for granted the last four years. And, uh, not none not of it, like I said, was super basketball related to be honest with you, A lot of people would be like, what are you going to run X's and O's? And what are you going to do this? What are you going to do that? And I was like, I, I don't even know. I don't have a place to shower yet.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> and so yeah, it was it was it was pretty funny cuz that was like when my I had a lot of conversations like that when I was first driving up here and they were like, "Yeah, what's you know, what are you going to run offensively? What are you going to do defensively? Like what's the first practice going to look like?" And I was like, "I I don't have a place to brush my teeth, yet, yeah. so I got I got to figure that out first. <laughs> Who's
0: got some Head and Shoulders for me here? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it was, yeah, it
0: was, it was great. Um, you know, you you've taken over a place that's been been solid, but not great. You know, I I went back last three, four years, uh, five hundred, a little bit better. How how open and receptive have your players been to uh, some of the philosophies that you brought in?
1: They've been super open um, and, and our practice has been great and we've had a lot of energy in them and obviously we're making mistakes. Every team right now in Division 3 has some days where they look really good and some days where they look really bad and every every drill, like we could do a drill and we could look really good in one and then the next drill we, we do and we look Pretty bad, and it's like you know somewhere in between. So getting to that really, really good is is kind of the goal as you move through practices here. And our first scrimmage is actually tomorrow morning, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: that will be um, you know, that'll be nice to to kind of see some see us play against somebody other than ourselves, which will help. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, you know it's been fun for them uh, so far to to you know have have me here i think and and i've been really really trying to be super energetic in practice and and really coach them and really dig down on the stuff that that is important um for us to be good at so yeah it's been um you know a lot a lot of really really good receptiveness to the things that i've been teaching and Mm -hmm. i had meetings with all of our guys after day two practice and i just wanted to be honest with them and be like hey you know how, how do you think practices are going like what should I do more of what should I do less of? And, and it was just all, all positive. It was mm-hmm. a lot of love coach, we love, you know, we love what you're bringing and mm-hmm. everything like that. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm bringing all of that here and I'm bringing all my energy and all my passion and, and all my philosophies here, not for the fact that I'm trying to, you know, be some, be somebody I'm not, I'm just being myself and, and I'm trying to, Put these guys in the in positions to be successful.
0: Mm-hmm. How much, approximately? Uh, you know, again with the short turnaround, uh, how much did you keep in place from the previous regime, and how much de- are you doing that is your stuff? Approximately?
1: Are you t- are you kind of talking to X's and O's, or just like
0: just oh, just yeah, yeah? I mean, just kind of kind of an overall and a combination, you know, X's and O's and. You know, hey, coach, we, you know, under our previous coach, we, we did this pre-practice and we really, really liked it. Oh, okay, hey, fellas, I really don't care about that. If that's what you want to do, do it, you know, uh, those type of things.
1: Yeah, I, I there, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, to be honest with you, there wasn't a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, our guy, These guys hadn't really got, kind of divulged a lot about, you know, the last couple coaches here. They had really just talked about, um, you know they're excited for this year and the winning this year so i brought everything that 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 i have here and yeah. and and all my all my drills and everything that that kind of i come with i brought it all here so they kind of know what to expect now that we're kind of a week into practice they know kind of how how we flow and and i'm trying to get a little bit more flow to our practice right now but um you know they it's been you know basically all the stuff that 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 i want to do and They've been super receptive to it, and it's been a lot of like, "Hey, you know, we just want to win," and that—that's all that these guys have been talking about is just win, win, win. And you yep. know, for for me, that's that's where I come from too. So I just I just want to help them. I just want to help them be successful.
0: Um, the other thing that we we haven't talked about with with your transition here is. Putting together a staff, putting together uh, some folks that will help you out. What has that been like? uh formally advertised. How, how'd you bring in folks to, to help you build the the program here? It's been a whirlwind for you and that's another thing that that we often forget about. We're so worried about the players, we're so worried about the schemes, we're so worried about you know finding a place to shave uh that uh, that was a joke about your, your moving situation, Coach. So <laughs> sorry. Uh but No that's all right. That's
1: <laughs> all right. I do I do have I do have a beard, so I have a place to shave you know?
0: Well find a place to trim your beard. How about that? So uh, yeah. but you know all that. You know uh, that's you know the next thing that sometimes is 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 often forgot in in the process. So uh, you know how, how did you how did you get some folks to help you out? Um. Yeah. It was. You're you're absolutely right. It, it
1: was something I wasn't really thinking about a whole lot, and, and it took me a little bit of, a little bit of time. But um, I uh, I formally advertised my assistant position. Um. You know, and tried to form a staff as quickly as possible. The first call I made really when I got up here was, um, I hired a uh, volunteer assistant who had been on the team last year. Uh-huh. He was, see, uh, seven foot tall. He led Division three in blocks last year. His <laughs> name's Andrew Fitch. So, you know, I, I thought I thought he was a, a good guy to have around just because he knew, he knew our program. He knew kind of everything that that came with Canton. He, he won some games. Um, You know, they, they made the NCAA tournament two years ago. So he was, uh, he was a big factor in that. And, and so bringing him along, you know, and bringing him on board was, was important to me right away. And then formally advertised my assistant position. And I had a, I have, you know, a lot of friends, obviously, you know, in the coaching world Mm -hmm. that I contacted and, Tried to figure out who was going to fit best. It was just super late in the uh, process, so I got a lot of like, ah, you know, I don't think that's going to work, or I don't, I'm not going to be able to do that, or I don't really know of anybody. Um, So when I formally advertised it, I I got you know a couple responses here and there. Nobody that I was like super excited about, or I Mm -hmm. actually kind of thought like we're gonna was going to come to Canton. Yep, Um, and then it just kind of popped up late. Um, I had actually hired another guy, but he wasn't able to make it up, which you know is a great start to the head coaching career <laughs> is to hire your first assistant and he quits before he gets on campus. So yeah. um, I actually, uh, one of my good friends who coaches at Heard, um, you know, kind of gave me a name of of a guy, Johnny Johnny Cotton, um, and Coach Cotton basically was was all in as soon as I called him. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey you know, how, how fast can you get up here? I'm not kidding you when I say I called him October 14th, eight days ago. Um, I called him October 14th, the day before we started practice. I said, how quickly can you get up here? And he said, when do you need me there, I said tomorrow. (laughs) And he dropped everything and came up here on October 15th for the first practice. And he's been Nothing but extraordinary so far. Um, really, really likable. Um, the guys love talking to him and, and go to him. Um, you know, with with anything that they have, and and uh, he's been a great asset so far that I've uh, I've loved having around because you know, he he does everything um, everything that, that I need and everything that's asked of him and and more.
0: Mm. Did Did you have um uh uh, uh I, I I had a when i got back into it i had a, a i had kind of mapped out my plans in theory. Now, of course, this is flexible based on what I needed done, uh, the skill sets of my assistants, uh, what they what they preferred to do, and, and we could shift some things around. But I, I had a, a delegation and kind of flow chart of, okay, I'm going to do this. My, my varsity assistant's going to do this. My JV coach is going to do this. Is that something that you've kind of done as well, coach, or is it a little bit more free-flowing when it comes to your uh, delegation of authority when it, in your program?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I I think it's free flowing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I just think we're, you know, I'm learning what I'm good at right now. You know, yeah. as a head coach, yep. I'm learning what kind of everyone else is 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 doing and everyone else is good at. So I think it's pretty free flowing. Um, you know, and, and I don't I don't you know say it as a delegation thing, or I don't say like, hey, you know, go do this or go do yep. that. Because for me, like, I, I've I've never really said like hey, you know, this guy's working for me or this guy's working under me or mm-hmm. I'm his boss or anything like that. Because at the end of the day, like, I'm I'm just here to help the guys, you know, in, in any way that, that they need. And, and I'm here to help him in any way he needs, mm-hmm. um, you know. So it's it's a lot of, like, working with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would feel like, yeah, he, yeah, he works with me. As, you know, he's my assistant, but, like, he has as much um, – power and he has as much you know authority to, to say what he wants to say because i want to give him that leeway i want him to grow as a, as an individual and as a coach um, and i want you know any of my staff to grow as an individual or a coach and and continue on down the line if this is what they want to do so um i've been really really big into uh, to making sure that that everybody has a say and, and trying to uh, you know trying to talk to people and get as many opinions as possible every every single day
0: yep A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter Send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website, a pen and a napkin dot com. Be sure to check out the A Pen and a Napkin video library. All right, Coach Cycle, it is now time for our John Wooden quote of the day. Every week we pick out a John Wooden quote from the great classic Wooden book, Wooden a Lifetime of Observations. Are you ready, Coach Cycle, for your John Wooden quote of the day?
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. So from page 85 of Wood in a Lifetime of Observations, and this is, I kind of condensed this a little bit. So it's not an exact quote, but I kind of condensed it. So quote is, preparing for a game, I would tell my players, we can't control what those other fellows do to get ready. We can only control what we do to get ready. So let's worry about our own preparation. I simply wanted my teams to achieve their level of competency, not someone else's. I got to be thinking. That's what you're thinking here this first week of practice, aren't you, Coach?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a uh, something that that we stress a lot is just focusing on ourselves, and especially when we're when we're getting ready to play games. You know, just control what we can control, and and do the best that we can to uh, you know from from a standpoint of scouting and getting ready for games. Just try to just try to limit um, some of their best options, and, and I think that helps our guys. Um, You know, in the preparing stage to know that we don't expect them to be, you know, do anything out of the ordinary, but just give us a better chance to win.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, speaking of giving yourself a better chance to win here, let's jump into your stuff, what you're trying to implement uh, as first-time head coach here at SUNY Canton. Uh, You want to start with some defense, Coach?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, let's just go into your to your half court defensive philosophy. What are you trying to teach your fellows, as Coach Wooden would say, it's always nice to hear that fellows. Hey, fellows, let's go do this here. So uh, but yeah, what are you trying to teach you guys? Uh, what are you trying to implement with your team? Um, and and where did some of that philosophy come from? If you want to break into some some drill work, perhaps of how you implement some of the stuff, that'd be great. I'm just gonna let you cook your coach. And if I've got a question, uh, I'll do my best to politely interrupt you and, and try to clarify anything.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, from from a defensive standpoint, we always try to be the most physical team possible, um, you know, and make the other team uncomfortable. I think those are my two biggest things as a coach. Uh, I try to to really, really stress with our guys to make teams uncomfortable and to take them out of what's comfortable to them, what's normal to them. You know, in a practice, they're normally pretty comfortable. In a lot of games that a lot of teams play, they're pretty comfortable. So we try to take teams out of what they want to do. Um, with our physicality. Um, you know, and I think that leads us into being successful on the defensive end of the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know my my goal kind of for for our team is always to get seven kills in a game. Um, most I, most college coaches kind of know what kills are. I think it was like a a Yukon men's basketball thing. Um, that's kind of started with three straight stops as a kill. So we always try to say that seven kills leads us to obviously three straight stops seven times. But mm-hmm. in the crew, out the course of the game, you're going to get two straight stops a couple times. You're going to get one stop. That usually means you're getting thirty plus stops in a game, yeah. which helps. Um, you know, and that's including like that's including in the half court getting an getting a rebound and finishing a possession with a rebound and not letting them get a second chance. Um, so that's kind of one of our, our, our keys per game. Uh, but taking the team kind of out of what they want to do and making teams uncomfortable is what I like to do, especially like um, I, I watch a ton of film. I'm a guy who like can't, can't be or feel unprepared for a game or feel yep. like I don't know everything that a team's going to run. So I like to really dive into what teams run and if I know that a certain guy needs to catch the ball in action will deny it to make it a little more difficult on them to get into what they want to get into And I think that just came from a preparation standpoint I I've, I thought I you know helped our guys prepare really really well at, at St. John Fisher and um, that's been important to me to help our guys here prepare really really well to, to make teams uncomfortable to make them do things that they're not used to to pick their shot um, which we talk about offensively as well, but you know, on the defensive side of the floor, like if we can pick your shot, and you can say, and we can say, hey, you know, on this possession, we're going to take away this action, we're going to take away this action, and this guy's going to be open on this possession, or this guy's you know going to come off, and we're going to make them shoot a shot that they're not normally used to shooting. That to me is like a, a picked shot or a shot that we want them to take, um, uh-huh. which I think helps helps us be successful. You know, everybody, tr- everybody uh practices dribble, drive, kick threes from the slot, you know, take two dribbles, jump stop, throw it to the corner for a three. But we want to take away all the shots that you normally practice. Mm-hmm. We want to take away all the shots that you're used to taking because... At the end of the game and at the end of the day, like when if we take away all the stuff that you're used to practicing, then we get guys shooting shots they're not used to, and uh, and guys shooting shots that we want them to take, which yeah. helps us be uh, a little bit better defensively. And, and it's college basketball for us. Guys make shots all the time.
0: Yep. Um,
1: but as long as we can make them uncomfortable and make them in the half court um, a little bit tighter, that's kind of all. Will we will we kind of stress defensively. Are
0: you a, are you a subscriber to the concept of off the dribble jump shots, pull up jump shots from two from two point range? That's what you're trying to force.
1: I would say, like, I think it's personnel based okay. for us. I think a lot of guys are are good at that shot sometimes, and there's some guys that aren't so good at that shot. I like to look at a lot of like, okay know, as a guy, how many shots has he taken from a certain area? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's obviously Synergy is great with that, and there's so many other scouting tools that are great with that stuff. But we, I like to look at where guys are comfortable shooting
0: mm-hmm.
1: and where they're really good shooting. And, you know, if a guy shot 173s, um, you know, in a season and we're towards the end of the year, and he shot 173s, or he shot 163s, or something like that, and he shot 212 shots. I know that he's way more dangerous from the perimeter, even if he's shooting a bad percentage. That's where he scores most of his points from. Yep. Um, which kind of, which kind of flows into our um, closeout concepts and everything like that, mm-hmm. that we try to force guys into uh, into shots that they don't really score a lot from mm-hmm. and you know if, if if that means that we make guys shoot mid-range jumpers because they're a three or kind of at the rim guy then that's and that's fine with me but i don't know if i'm necessarily like uh we always want a mid-range jump shot because yeah i've i've seen i've seen guys that that we've played and and that i've coached against go 12 of 13 from from mid-range shots you know like from two dribble mid-range shots or pump fake take one dribble shoot a mid-range and and they shoot Eighty-five percent on that shot, you <laughs> yeah. know, in games against us, and then they score twenty-six points or something like that. and I'm like, well, I should have, I should have helped our guys prepare a little bit better.
0: Yeah, uh, your overall defensive scheme are you a, are you a pack line guy? Are you up the line on the line, uh, forcing middle, straight up? What what do you kind of overall, other than your than your uh, personnel based and scout based uh, research and implementation? What are you teaching overall?
1: Overall, we're teaching kind of up the line. I always say there's a string from the ball to the guy you're guarding's chest, and we want to put our hand on that string, mm-hmm. um, which you know isn't necessarily super far up the line, but I think it just it just makes the pass a little bit more difficult if it's not a, a dead straight line pass. So um, we're you know we we we're, we're up the line. We're physical, and I try to teach our guys to be a little closer to their guy than to the help line and help a little bit. You know, higher up, but also if you had to take an extra slide all the way over to help, you know, to help with your chest. And, and I'm a guy who doesn't care about fouling like there's 15 guys on our team for a reason and i'm a next man up guy so i'm not like oh if our big guy gets three fouls it's going to be the end of the world or if our big guy gets two fouls or our guard does like it's just a next man up philosophy with me so mm-hmm. if you help all the way over into a gap and you're helping with your chest you're helping with your hands too and you're being active on the basketball because i try to really really teach our guys not to just like help over and be a, and be a cone you know, mm-hmm. don't just help over and be a cone in the drill. Help over and be a person that's making that pass a little bit more difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh do you do you uh do any extending out, picking up, uh full court, any of that type of stuff, Coach?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do uh we do a little bit uh a little bit of picking up full court. Um it just kinda depends on the on the group that we have in the game. Yep. um I think that kinda relates to the John Wooden court a little bit. Like I don't necessarily think about um you know, what the other team's doing sometimes it's just about who we have in the game and who I want to pick up full court mm-hmm. um, you know but without without giving up too many of our uh, of our secrets here going into the season we uh, yeah we do we do pick up full court and I like to use um, I like to use full court pressure as um, almost a junk defense okay. it's not really but I like to use it as a junk defense because I think like let say a team's you know playing a 2-3 zone the whole game and I know they're going to play a 2-3 zone or I know they're going to play a 3-2 or I know they're going to like, you know, pack it in and make a shoot 3 zone. We're not really, um, or, you know, vice versa or whatever. And we're not really getting a rhythm offensively. I'll just press, just because mm-hmm. I think that helps us create more turnovers and helps us create offense, yeah. um, or what I call home run turnovers. So, like, if, it, if there's there's like a ninety nine percent chance that you know if you're going to sit in a two three all game, at some point you're going to get pressed from us mm-hmm. because we're going to try to score in transition. Then, because if you're running back into a two three, it's a little harder to score in transition as much as as I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we want we want to maximize our our, our effort and our, our ability to get in transition and score in transition.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I like that thought. I like that concept and idea of changing up the pace of the game. Um, you don't have to tell us about what this year's team is going to do, but if you'd be willing, what are some things that you have done in the past or helped implement in the past as an assistant coach, and what was kind of some of your reasoning behind that? Why did you like that particular, particular uh, pressure scheme style?
1: Yeah, we uh, we just picked up full court, man to man, a lot of token pressure, um, a lot of like run and jump, uh, trying to be as aggressive as possible. I think that really worked with our team at St. John Fisher, um, you know, and and I think that's going to work with this group. and And we like to mix it up and, and show them a couple different looks, um, you know, in in a full court pressure situation. But that's really one tactic that I learned. Um, you know at Fisher as an assistant was the hey you're gonna you're gonna kind of junk it up or you're gonna slow it down or you're gonna do some different defensively so we're gonna pick up the pace and make it a little more of an up and down ball game than you want it to be mm-hmm. um, so that 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 was one big concept that I could say that I, I think we adopted at Fisher and, and you know hopefully we'll be able to adopt that here and and get kind of the schemes down that, that we had. Um, there and, and that, you know, the team that I coach already and again, like we're eight practices in and we have been great, you know, just helping over in gaps. We've been great at helping with our hands and, and being aggressive defensively. So I think that's something that that will eventually will get to that
0: point. Did your did your team that you inherited here, did they do uh, any type of pressuring uh, with their with their previous coach?
1: Not really. Okay. Um A little bit, but not really. There hasn't been a ton of, like, press and uh-huh. a lot of healing back, and they were sitting in gaps pretty far back, uh-huh. and... Um, but, yeah. you know,
0: I, I think it's it's always good to, to yeah. change
1: it up. And, and I always, I'm a guy who likes to do everything based on personnel and based yep. on our guys and who we have. So I just want to put our guys, like, I, like I've said before, I want to put our guys in position to be successful.
0: How have they embraced doing something different? Because that's always, again, a little bit of a calculated risk of, we well, coach. We've never pressed before, and now you're asking us to press. Whatever the percentage of time it ends up being, Dylan, you don't know that yet, obviously. Uh, but but, how have your guys responded to that change of philosophy?
1: I think they've responded really well. They've they've embraced it. They, I think, want to, um, you know, just. I think they just want to be as successful as possible. And if this is going to help us be successful, then then that's something that mm-hmm. um, they're they're willing to do. And and I think we have the group to do that. Um, you know, but I, I think, I think whatever we do defensively or, you know, if we have to change it game to game or, or anything like that, I think at the end of the day, all our guys want to do is, is be successful. Mm -hmm. Um, so anything that's going to help us, um, you know, in, in that
0: regard is, is what they is what they're you know all in about. What's one, two, three of your favorite defensive drills that you like to to run and practice to ratchet up the defensive intensity or teach technique or whatever it may be? what are some what you know again and I know it's you can't show it here on the podcast, but if you could describe or kind of you know give us an overview of of what like I said, two or three of your favorite defensive drills to to implement your philosophy?
1: our uh, our six line drill I really like um, I I stole that from from st John Fisher and some that I brought here I think it always you know it Enhances the intensity a little bit, um, and that is basically a ball screen drill where we start the ball on the sideline with a coach or, or on the wing with a coach, skips it across the court. There's like a long closeout from our guard, and then they set a ball screen from the opposite block. Um, and we play it four on four in the half court. You got to get. Um, it just depends on the day. Sometimes you know the winners get four stops. Sometimes the winners get six stops. It just depends how much time we have and where I want to put it in at. But um, or just a ball screen drill that helps us guard the ball before guarding the screen. Um, I always, like, it, it's been a pet peeve of mine as a coach. Like, everyone says, like, how are you guard ball screens? And I always say, like, we're going to guard the ball because that's what matters mm-hmm. um, before the screen. Like the first part of ball screen is the ball. So you have to guard the ball first. Um, and I think that's really, really helped us be successful with ball screens and guarding the basketball in general. Um, and then another one that, that we do a lot that I'm a big fan of is defensive factory. Um, another one that I stole from, from coach G at St. John Fisher and brought here, um, it's basically like a, a 25 minute defensive segment where we go through everything that's kind of important to us defensively. So we start with closeouts, and then we start with bounce back or or push back, where you know a guy brings the ball down from above his head to his waist, and we got to hop back and be in a defensive stance. And obviously, you're going to pressure the ball differently when a guy has the ball above his head versus when he has it on his hip. Um, so we like to make sure that guys when we're doing that drill, are active and, and active defenders, and their feet are moving and their hands are moving. So we do that with four basketballs, and then we switch to two basketballs, which is what I call sprint to the ball. Instead of jump to the ball, everyone says jump to the ball. I say sprint Ooh. to the ball. Yeah, because I like that. We're not- I'm not jumping you to the ball. I'm not saying, "Hey, turn around, turn, you know, turn to your to your left here and jump to the ball." I'm saying you got to sprint to that gap, and that, that I think that helps when we're in rotations too. Because I say the same exact thing when we're in rotations. I say we're not jumping to the ball; we're sprinting to a gap, um, you know, and where you're supposed to be. So I think that helps us when we get in in scramble situations or rotation situations, um, and putting them you know, in the best spot to help and be ready to help. So that's kind of our, I would say those, those two are our big ones and, and my big ones. Um, you know, and then we go to one ball, and our one ball defense factory stuff is very similar to Shell.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Our, uh, so let's flip it. Let's go to the other side of the of the game here. We're required, we're required to do that, Coach. You know, you go from defense, then you go to offense, So you go back to defense, you go back to offense. So let's talk about offense. You know, uh, again, your eight practices in. Uh, what's your basic offensive philosophy? What are you looking to do? I'm guessing a lot of it is, you know, based on personnel and what you have to work with, and, and that's what we should be doing. But uh, what are you thinking here? What have you done? What are you What are you trying to do with this group of fellas to, to get them to be as efficient as they can be offensively?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, the first thing is, is I think just trying, like you said, putting guys in position to be successful. So I've really, the first couple of days, kind of tried to let our guys play a little bit more and transition and put in very basic stuff that doesn't really complicate things just to see what we're good at as a group before I start putting things in. So, um, you know, I'm not exactly positive as to what we're going to do offensively. Um, I think it's going to be a a lot of ball screens and, and a lot of trying to get our guys into the paint, getting two feet into the paint, um, you know, and trying to put the ball in the post as much as possible and then playing inside out, um, you know, offensively, I think we're going to try to, you know, post up some smaller guards that, you know, our guys are, uh, you know, some of our guys are, are really, really good in the post that might not be a traditional post player um, or putting guys in ball screens that we want to, um, you know, that that we want to either isolate or go at a little bit, um, you know, and then some concepts that, that, you know, teams normally run like hammer screens and and triple handoffs or what I call pistol handoffs, um, you know, and some and some point over stuff or some elbow entry, um, you know. But I think a mixture right now for our guys is really, really good because I'm not exactly sure what we're going to be great at. Mm-hmm. So putting them kind of just in position to be successful and see what we are actually good at and then adding on after that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um you know, I came from a from a scheme where at Fisher we ran a lot of two guard stuff. Um, you know, the John B. line shuffle stuff. And gotcha, yeah. You know, I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily sure that. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do the exact same things. because um, I want to put our guys in in positions that they're comfortable in.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It it sounds like you know you're you're just going through a little trial and error right now. We're gonna we're gonna throw some stuff up against the wall that we think might fit. Uh, have you been, have you been surprised maybe at something that you've tried and you're like, Hmm, boy, that worked a little bit better than I thought it might.
1: Yeah, I thought a lot of our, I thought a lot of dribble drive worked with our guys. Um, kind of trying some dribble drive stuff right now that our guys are, are pretty good at and getting downhill and, and letting them you know get to the rim as as quickly as possible in a set i think that's worked really well and i think that's something that our guys are are getting into and and being successful with so a lot of like the dribble drive stuff and trying to space the floor as much as possible and letting our guards kind of play off of that action so um you know the dribble drive for us at fisher wasn't wasn't unbelievable at some times and Uh uh, you know, we 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 tried, and and you know, sometimes it's just based on your personnel. So, for us, I really really tried to to implement like a dribble drive system right now that's going to help us get to the spots that we want to get to. As, you know, as and and oh, go ahead.
0: No, no, go ahead. You 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 keep rolling, man.
1: Yeah, and uh, and basically like the opposite of what I kind of said defensively, where I said you know we want to pick their shot and we want to pick their kind of offensive shot. Um, you know, when we're guarding defensively and that's kind of a very similar thing that I say offensively, like they hear me say that defensively and then offensively, I, I talk about a lot of like, hey, let's pick our shot, um, you know, let's get the best shot for us in a possession. So a lot of the dribble drive, I think, has helped us get the best shot for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, as you As you've implemented these things, uh, these concepts, these ideas, you know, what are are some of the, you know, let's flip it like we did with the defense. What are two or three drills that you like really uh, running a lot to help develop your your fundamentals for your offensive guys and, and making them just n- n- regardless of whether you're running flex or like you said, the beeline spread or uh, just whatever concept you're running? Uh you know you you've obviously gotta be fundamentally sound with your offensive stuff, so what are some things like like we talked about with the defense that you're running consistently regardless of what the scheme is to make your players better offensive players?
1: Yeah, we do a lot of a lot of live one v one stuff in practice, we play you know anywhere from twelve to fifteen minutes of one on one in within our actions every day. Um, and then within a, what we call our guard forward split, so we'll split up our forwards and they'll get action and they'll play one on one um, on you know on one side of the floor, and our guards will play one on one on the other side of the floor, and putting them in action to be super successful um, and stuff that they're going to see every single day. Um, and then we do a lot of a lot of fundamental stuff like um, you know we do kind of four, I, you know, I call it Michigan jump stops, but four man jump stops where you drive a right, everyone jump stops to the right, we shoot off of it um you know so that stuff i think has helped hone in kind of on our fundamentals and not only on that but our pivoting and our passing and passing with both hands and being able to give a a pocket pass really well or being able to throw to the rim really well and transition so um a lot of our stuff has been you know playing playing one-on-one and had them seeing what they're going to see in a game situation just from a one-on-one standpoint Um, you know, and helping them see, you know, what fundamentals are going to are going to put our, guy, our other guys in positions to be successful like uh, we say when our guards come off stuff and they're looking at our forwards either sliding out of the rim or relocating or, or, or what I say coming to America which is coming to the front of the rim like you have to put him in a position to be successful so if he can't catch a bounce pass you gotta throw it to the rim and let him go get it up at the rim mm-hmm. so um, a lot of a lot of that stuff has helped us our one on one and then our Michigan jump stops um, that we kind of parlay. Into a lot of like um, real, real applicable drills that aren't just those two.
0: Mm-hmm. When you say coming to America as a child of the '80s? I have a, I, all. I, I the first thing I thought of was Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy looking for a bride for Eddie <laughs> Murphy, their coach. So uh, you, you threw me for a loop on that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you talked about going one on one. I know that's one thing that uh, I've really changed over the years is we try to get in 5 and and hopefully 10 minutes of just closeouts every single day minimum of 5 and we try to get 10 in of just closeouts to a you know defensively when it comes down to it there's just times where you've got to stop the ball yourself you've got to win that battle on defense and there's times where your scheme breaks down the other team's got you well scouted and you just need kids to make shots to make plays on their own and so I'm a real big proponent of finding five a minimum of five and hopefully at least 10 minutes a day of of closeouts one-on-one and and finishing in some way shape or form is that part of your thought process as well
1: yeah absolutely like especially when you're playing great teams, like teams are going to take away things, and sometimes you're just going to have to be able to make shots and be creative, and putting them in you know in a situation that they're going to see in a game, or putting them in a position where hey, I gotta go, I have to go score here, um, only helps us at the end of the shot clock. I think like the more one-on-one basketball you play, I think that only helps you at the end of the shot clock with. You know, five seconds or four seconds when you might not be able to pass the ball and everyone's kind of stuck there. Man, like you got to go score at that point in time. So putting them in those kind of um, drills helps them towards that you know end of the shot clock stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you got time for one more, coach? Absolutely. Okay, uh, let's talk a little recruiting. Uh, just I, I, and, and more of from the perspective, you know, you're a Division three coach and you know when people think recruiting they think of power 5 and that's a very obviously that is the elite of the elite of the elite uh but you know there's a lot of different athletic opportunities for a lot of different kids all across the country at the NAIA at the D3 at the JUCO so forth and so on as your as you're developing your team, as you're developing your recruiting philosophy as a head coach, you're getting out here, you're getting started for this year. What are you looking for? What are some of the key uh, uh, components, skill sets, uh, all all the way around? What are you looking for in your recruits? What type of, of player and person do you want to bring to SUNY Canton here over the next few seasons?
1: Yeah, I mean, the the basketball talent is obvious most of the time. I feel like 99.9% of people, not just basketball coaches, can see a good basketball player and be like, yeah, that guy's that guy's pretty good. Um, I think it, it encompasses all the other things. Do you, are you tough? Do you want to guard? Um, do you sit down in the stands every possession? Do you do the little things offensively? Like, do you cut without the basketball well? Do you cut with a purpose? Do you set good screens? Um, you know, and, and obviously that all goes back to, to having the talent. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being a great basketball player in the in the small stuff helps you be a better college basketball player. Um, you know you can be a great high school player and a, and a bad college player or, or not a or just a not a great college player, and you can be a great college player and then you could not be so great in in the professional rank. So it, I don't for me, I think it matters about all the other things that you do with the ball, you know when the ball's not in your hands. you know yep. a lot of people said that, the ball is not in your hands 95% of the game or 90% of the game or whatever the percentage is. But that's the time that I think I really hone in on whether, um, you know, a guy fits our style and fits our program. Um, You know, and and I want kids who are accountable and I want kids who, you know, when they lose a game, they don't come out and they say, um, you know, oh, you know, I thought we played – Okay, but this guy did this wrong, and this guy did this wrong. Like, I want guys who are accountable. And when you when you lose a game, or when a game's a little tight, and and you didn't perform the best you could have down the stretch, I want guys who are accountable and say like, I could have played better, or I could have done this better, or even though we might have won, I still think I could have done this better. Um, so I think that that piece also definitely um, is something that I that I'm looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. If you had advice or I don't know if I don't know if advice is the right word, Dylan, but uh, if, if you could talk to high school coaches, what do they need to do with their players or if they have a player that they believe can play at the next level at, at any at any level? Uh, again, whether it's big or small, what are some some things that you would uh, tell high school coaches that this is what, uh, college coaches like to see or what they're they're looking for, or, or how can the high school coaches help with that recruitment for that player uh, if that question makes sense, I feel like I'm talking in circles a little bit here.
1: That's okay no um you know the I think the biggest thing is is the accountability aspect that that um you know most kids need. They need to be able to say like, hey, you know." This is how I can be better, and this is how I can help my team win. Um, you know, and I love to recruit kids from winning high schools, mm-hmm. from a place that wins. And it's pretty—it's uh, pretty self-explanatory. I mean, I yeah, I could say like, "Hey, I hope all high school coaches win all their games so I can recruit all their players," but <laughs> that's just not realistic. Like, um, you know, I I want kids who who want to win and have a drive to win and, and want to be successful because I just think that helps. Know, our program regardless of whether they might be the same exact level as another kid um you know but if i had to give any advice to to high school coaches in general it would be to to make sure that your kids are getting as much exposure as possible outside of your um you know your season and trying to email out to college coaches and get kids in front of college coaches as much as possible as well hmm
0: Dylan, it's been great having you on here today, man. It's, it's, it's been a terrific conversation. If, if folks want to know more about you, if they want to know more about uh, SUNY Canton and the program you're trying to build there, uh, how can they check some stuff out here on social media or, or wherever?
1: Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Um, at Coach Cycle, and I think the same on Instagram at Coach Cycle. And then you can email me. Um, my email is right on the right on the SUNY Canton website. I think it's Canton dot com. Um, you know, but yeah, if anybody would like to reach out or come to a practice or come to a game or, or anything like that, I'm, I'm more than happy to to help in any way I can.
0: Awesome, awesome, terrific stuff. Uh, Dylan Cycle, the head men's basketball coach at SUNY Canton uh coach I, I can't thank you enough for your time here today really really appreciate the conversation that we had and i, and I hope you enjoyed it
1: all right thanks marty i appreciate it
0: yeah all right if you can hold the line here just a second as we wrap up uh that'd be great again uh dylan cycle head head men's basketball coach at suny canton in new york division three school a lot of really really good nuggets of information from him uh again we want to thank our founding sponsor cosac chiropractic uh give dr kevin or dr heidi a call 402-964-0300 follow us on twitter at a pen and a napkin download rate review again subscribe if you're if you're a clicker instead of subscriber please subscribe if you would please uh Questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at peninandapkin at gmail.com. Check out a, and, a and of course, if you could check out our Patreon page, that'd be great as well. Uh, had a great conversation here today with Coach Cycle. Hope you folks enjoyed it. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a
1: time.